Hello, listeners, and welcome to COVID Coffee Chats at UCalgary, a podcast brought to you by the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. My name is Maya Anderson, and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a grad student in the Workland School of Education, and I'm interested in finding out more about teaching and learning during COVID-19. I feel like we all have incredible stories and insights about how this pandemic has changed our lives and how it's changed the way we teach and the way we learn. So each episode, I'll chat with a UCalgarian and get their take on what teaching and learning has been like during COVID-19. And perhaps if we share these stories, we can learn a thing or two. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. With me this afternoon, I have Miguel, Sonia, Sarah, and Leon, and they are students here at UCalgary, so I'm excited to talk to them to get the student perspective of teaching and learning through COVID. So could you all start by giving us a brief introduction to who you are and what you're studying here at UCalgary? Not everyone talk at once. Okay, I guess I'll go. (laughs) Uh, My name is Miguel. I'm in my fourth year of a combined degree in international business strategy and philosophy. Um, Yeah, and I've been involved with Sarah, Sonia, and Leon through uh, the virtual case competition hosted by the University of Pan Americana. Pan America, yeah, that's not the the technical accent way, right way to say it, but uh, that's why we have all, you know, luckily been able to work together. Yeah, so I'll go next. Um, My name is Sonia Melema. I am a third year student here at the University of Calgary and I'm actually studying a dual major, similar to Miguel, but I'm doing commerce and economics with concentration in finance and economic honors. Um, And some of us have met briefly through other things, but we really came a team because of um, the virtual case competition um, with the Universidad of Panamericana. I'll go next. Uh, My name is Sarah Sparks and I am also a third year student at the University of Calgary and I am studying, we're all studying business, um, but I'm studying risk management and insurance and VCC Mexico. It was a great opportunity for us to all get to know each other. We became really good friends because of it. Yeah and I'm Leon. Uh, I'm in my second year here at Haskane, uh, currently studying accounting. Uh, yeah, I had, this is kind of like my first really major case competition. So I was really excited to be a part of it and uh, so happy to meet so many wonderful people along the way and uh, to be able to come here and sort of reconnect with everybody again. It's, it's really cool. Awesome. Thank you all so much for that. Can one of you or all of you, tell us a little bit about the project that you were working on. I mean, I'll go first on this one. Um, So all four of us were part of the virtual case competition, which was hosted by the Universidad of Panamericana. And so essentially all of us are doing um, case competitions representing the Haskane School of Business. Um, We were very fortunate though, in this competition to be put in a different environment. So most case competitions, you enter with your school, you compete with your school and you win with your school. However, this competition was quite a bit different. We got to be put into different teams with different schools. And so for the first case, 
um, we were split into partners and put with other partners. So two of us were competing with Florida and two of us were competing with Rotterdam. And that was a really cool experience. And then when we went to the second case, we were actually all completely split up from each other um, and got paired with three other universities. And so I had individuals from Eastern Canada, Romania and Hong Kong. Um, and all of us have a different experience with the amount of people. And so we all had to learn to present online, um, learn together, especially through cultural language, all of these different barriers to produce the best pitch and presentation possible to a group of judges. And we were very fortunate for our cases to be, one was based in Mexico through a furniture company and another one was through YouTube, which was actually a really cool experience. That kind of wraps it up in a really neat bow. Yeah, I think Sonia hit all the, the points. It was really cool to, uh, one, get the case experience online and two, be able to interact with people that, you know, we wouldn't have the opportunity to without it being online. Mm -hmm. I think um, we all learned a lot, not only about how to navigate the online environment, but also how to reconnect with people without having, you know, the face-to-face -face interaction. So very, very cool and rewarding experience. Yeah, I also just wanted to quickly mention, like, not everybody may know what a case competition is. Sonia did go into some depth, but I wanted to explain a little bit more. Um, it is just a, an instance where in this particular case, we were given a business strategy. And so we were given a case that we had to read and it asked us to do certain things. And the main goal is to read over the, the case and to come up with a strategy in order to solve the case, the problem that is presented in the case. Awesome. Thank you so much for explaining that. And yeah, not all of us are aware of case, case studies, but that was a great introduction to what you were doing. So typically, does this happen normally in Haskane? Is this something that you would do normally? Or is this um, because of COVID, you got the experience to do online? Uh, so maybe I can touch on that. Uh, case competitions are a big part of business schools. Uh, you'll pretty much find them anywhere you go. Um, I think our situation was particularly unique because we were sort of like the first group that did a virtual case competition just because of the new transition over to online and uh, the new working environment. Um, so yeah, like this is sort of like the testing group and um, I thought it was really interesting sort of like what, uh, touching again on what Sonia and uh, Sarah mentioned, but um, the entire competition was was really interesting because we got to you know, I know for me myself, I'm a second year student, so I otherwise would definitely not have had an opportunity to connect with other uh, students in different schools the way that I did in this case competition. Um, and as intimately as we did, we were able to do it over uh, three days. Uh, and over it, we were able to spend like, I would say maybe 12 hours, maybe on each case, just like intimately together, like practicing, building a presentation uh, looking over, you know, final reviews and, uh, and participating in the actual uh, Q&A itself. Yeah, um, I think in general, outside the whole online thing, Haskane typically is heavily involved with case competitions. I know uh, Sonia, Sarah and I are part of uh, JDC West, which is like the um, the main one coming out of Haskane and the the biggest case competition out of Western Canada. And and this year it's also online. Um, Leon and I are competing in the Milgrad competition in February. So 
Um, the, the oh, and Sonia is also doing a competition in Georgetown also in February. Um, so I think that kind of goes to show that yes, Haskane is heavily involved with this sort of deal and has adapted quite well to having everything online. And you know, credit to Cam Welsh, the the big head behind most of these competitions for being able to one coordinate a bunch of different groups and two, you know, making the schedules fit. And you know, kudos to everyone who's who is involved with case competitions because it's not just us; it's a bunch of other really cool and talented students who have kind of adapted pretty well to this whole situation. So. I was going to talk about what case competitions were a little bit like before COVID as well. Like before COVID, a lot of them were, they were all in person and teams would travel from all over the world to meet in one specific place. For example, I competed in a different case competition last November and I got to go to Toronto. JDC has gone to Regina before to compete. This year it's online out of Winnipeg. Cam has taken other teams all the way to Europe to Rotterdam, which is in the Netherlands, if I'm... Okay, I got it mixed up before. <laughs> um, but yeah, like case competition teams travel from all over the world. And it's this online environment is kind of an easier way to get all of these teams together because it's all over the internet. And there's a lot less travel expense and schedules to work around. And it's a really good I idea, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a great experience for all of you. So speaking of uh, learning through COVID and the transitions that we've all had to make, how is all of that going for you guys? Um, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, it depends who you are. It depends where you come from, I think. Um, you know, I think Sonia can kind of speak to this too, having the... Uh, the background in, you know, Haskane as well as in the arts, you kind of get two different sides of it, where uh, I think in a lot of ways, Haskane has done a, a considerable amount to make people feel accommodated and to really try their best to shift online where there, that has been completely effective is, you know, to be determined or, again, contextual. I think some people uh, either, you know, business as usual, just know how to adapt to it really well other people not so much and just contrasting it with my experience uh in the philosophy department uh you can definitely tell when professors are prepared versus not prepared and you know it's nothing to discredit uh other departments it's just that you know some departments have more money so it ends up being a lot easier to do it that way um as for an individual experience, I think that I've done a very good job setting up my personal routine to uh, accommodate my learning style. And that's like my biggest recommendation to most people is to figure out, you know, in a way what works for you. And it's sometimes kind of jarring to do more things in order to do that. Like, um, I picked up journaling and these guys all, I've talked about this extensively. So I picked up journaling and um, scheduling my day by almost by the minute and yoga in the morning. And it seems kind of ludicrous to have all these different things moving around, but you know, it is much better kind of creating that system for yourself as opposed to having it work around you. So I, I think that's my little way of getting some control. And yeah, I mean, you, there's, a, there's a bit to say about, you know, where 
we receive our instruction from, whether it's like purely from Haskane and we all have that experience and contra contrasting with arts, but also what you can do on your own end. So overall, I think it's been good for me, but I know it's not a 100% unified experience. I think everyone has, you know, their own qualms, so to say. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I definitely think the transition for students, especially now with COVID-19 and everything rapidly changing, especially in the last couple of weeks has been a major adjustment, not only for university students, but we also see it in high school students and elementary students and everyone having to adjust. And so to say any one of us has like a unified experience is it's impossible. And like, again, touching base, like being part of two different faculties, you can tell major differences in who's trying to compensate and who is making the appropriate adjustments and what adjustments are working. And again, it's so hard to quantify if any of that will ever be successful because every student will respond to every different accommodation differently. And so personally for myself, I've done fairly well with the um, adjustment just because like, again, hardworking and just being used to having to make adjustments um, and I've done online components to my education in years past. And so the adjustment hasn't been too hard. Um, however, again, there's different, different stories for every individual and many individuals are living at home and living with their families. And so they have that personal sort of connection with someone where they're living. Um, I'm currently an RA um, at the University of Calgary. I live all alone. Like I live, there's very limited social interaction and distance from family. And so again, that hinders or excels my experience in different ways compared to other people. And so I think the transition personally for myself has been wonderful, but um, again, it's harder to say that because I know so many people behind me are not having that same experience. I think those are both very good explanations of different perspectives from the transition process. I personally, I've thought this transition has been a roller coaster ride. Like I've definitely had my up days. I've definitely had my down days. And I give props to Sonia and anybody else living alone right now. I, I know that I would really struggle if I didn't have at least my mom with me throughout all of this. But I find that school itself, it is challenging. There's always technological difficulties, <laughs> which aren't great um, as well. It's It can be an emotional struggle. And I especially have struggled like emotionally throughout this whole thing. My like anxieties skyrocketed uh, for some parts of it. And what I can just suggest if anybody is struggling emotionally is to reach out and ask for help from a friend or a family member because mental health, especially now is incredibly important incredibly important and if there's anything you can do even though the world seems like it's in the big loop-de-loop -loop of a roller coaster it's it'll hopefully eventually level out again but right now while we're all upside down and on those waves I think it's best if we all try and remember that we're all human and that we're all learning and struggling and growing together and that if anybody needs help to reach out for it. Yeah, and 
And on that note, Sarah, I, I know myself personally, like I found that the SU has done a really amazing job at helping uh, mitigate that, that pressure and that, that anxiety that I think a lot of students are feeling. Um, I know like things like the advocacy, you know, like from Frank Finley and the 24 hour uh, uh, period, the proctoring advocacy, um, all of it together is just like kind of culminated into um, at, at least sort of a semester whereby, you know, some of us can, can sort of adjust a little easier and um, at least relieve some people of, of that pressure. Um, so Me too. really grateful for that. Wow, you are also very wise, and that's you giving some great pieces of, of advice there. Is there anything that um, moving forward you hope will continue or change as we go through this? Um, I guess I'll take the first stab at that. And I think, honestly, there's a lot that we can hope um, to change, um, especially regarding online education. And I think the biggest thing that I hope will continue to change is understanding and collectiveness. Um, I find a lot of classes or even different groups, there's always one individual that's leading the whole thing. And we see that too with mental health or education. In one class, if someone is saying, yeah, I get it, the prof just assumes everyone gets it. And they just keep going at the pace of the fastest individual. But not all of us have that ability to sprint right away. We just don't. And the same applies with understanding when it comes to mental health. We can say that all of our experiences, while they're unique, we can all say that, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Because personally, at this point in time, I am doing great. However, if everybody's going at my pace, not everyone can keep up. And so I think the biggest thing that I hope for the second semester to change or be better understood is not everyone has the ability to sprint right now. Some people need to walk. Some people need to take a breath and take a moment to pause. And so professors or advisors or friends, anyone needs to understand that I might be doing good, but are they doing good? And so also taking that to a personal level where you're not discounting that you can't go at full speed right now and being like, that's okay. Like, what can I do for myself right now? And so I think moving ahead, just having that collective nature and understanding everyone's unique and versatile experiences needs to be considered moving forward. Totally. Um, I think uh, something I've taken away at this point, you know, what has worked for me and what I think has been very beneficial for a lot of people has been, like Sonia said, the idea of community. Um, you know, it is, uh, it's kind of telling when people talk about, you know, what has been the most successful points or successful moments, things, factors around their endeavor. And they automatically go to the support they receive from other students, other peers. So I think it's pretty, you know, wonderful having the support network of other students. I think that, um, you know, not to plug my show, but the 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 show that I, I do in fact do is uh, it's mental health related and focuses on, you know, um, giving people a platform to speak on their own perspective. And uh, I think that doing that and being involved heavily with that and mental health particularly has been very, very rewarding for myself. And I feel like uh, 
I've gotten a lot of very good feedback for, you know, what ends up being shared and what ends up being uh, discussed. And I think that going forward into the next semester, I would kind of hope for more of the same. I think that um, we have a lot of very talented and wonderful people at the university and there should be more people who uh, want to champion that and, you know, uh, kind of take what they've learned and share it with other people. Um, you know, even going back to what we've, like Leon and Sarah have discussed with, um, you know, being able to turn to their peers. I think that it's more important now than ever. And the more and more we kind of grow more comfortable with that as a community, it just makes this entire process a little bit, little bit easier. Weight is off the shoulders just a tad bit. You can kind of uh, create a system where the only thing that you're missing is that human interaction. So when you get it, the little bits that you can, uh, it makes it seem like you're not locked at home the entire time. So uh, I definitely do encourage that. And, you know, take uh, the people that can do it. Like I said, the people who can champion that, you know, uh, there are people who need you. So be, feel free, you know, to extend yourself out there if you can. Not saying that you have to, but um there are a lot of people who would benefit from smiling faces and extended arms yeah i want to kind of go off of what sonia said and i just hope that people continue and continue to change their understanding of the whole situation because everybody else like everybody has a whole different situation like who knows i may be taking care of a sick parent nobody knows that you know and or Maybe my, or like one of my friend's parents lost their job. And so they're struggling a little bit more than they normally would. And everybody has their own situation and nobody knows what's going on in other people's lives. So I hope that like professors and other students, faculty, administration, everybody understands that this is a tough time for and that like, what am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say that yeah, I hope everybody understands that it's not easy. We're all we're all struggling through throughout this whole thing, and I hope that there is continued advocacy for students and for professors. Professors behind the scenes they're struggling. We 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 assume that it's business as normal for them, but it's not. They're learning a whole new environment as well. So I think students also have to be a bit more understanding. But yeah. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Uh, this semester I had the opportunity of working as an undergraduate uh, teaching assistant and just, I mean, uh, you can definitely see once you go over to the other side exactly how uh, the switch over to the online environment has affected people um, and it's across the board. So it just, again, like pulling, pulling it into perspective and like taking that step back and looking at everything. Uh, sort of objectively and sort of understanding and uh, exactly how everybody else is feeling in the moment as well uh, is extremely important. Um, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity of, of finding out about that firsthand. Excellent. Well, I know that Sarah, you, or sorry, Sonia, you have to go to class here very soon. So I'll, if anybody would like to share anything else before we go, I'll give you that opportunity now. Um, yeah, I actually do have like one last thing and I think at the end of this all everybody has their unique experience and everyone does need to 
at some point prioritize themselves as much as they prioritize others. And I think the biggest thing that I think people are forgetting to ask themselves is like, is this making me happy or is this making me COVID happy? Because our sense of happiness has so greatly diminished because we used to go hang out with a friend after school and we just said that it was like any other day. And now we might see our friend across the street and wave and it's the best day ever. And so always coming back, reflecting on yourself and being like, is this making me happy? Because at the end of the day, you have to be able to support yourself to go forward. And so understanding that COVID happy and pre-COVID happy were two very different things and adjusting your mentality to that. I really like that. I think that's a really good statement and a really good way to look at things because yeah nothing's the same yeah uh i have a like two i guess similar type principles i think uh this is unique to things that i have learned i, I think in some of this last semester uh but also i think good for most people if they can kind of adapt it in ways you know i'm not i'm not trying to give you rules to live by but um Something I've learned a lot over the last few months is the idea of being kinder to yourself. And I think that, um, you know, when everything is in person and you're going a million miles per hour, it's really easy to just forget um, how you're doing. So a lot of the time, uh, really productive people end up just sticking by the productivity. And now they're uh, self-worth is really tied to your ability to do things at a very efficient rate. And, you know, I'm like that. I think most people who end up trying to achieve uh, high standards, you know, who hold themselves to really high standards end up being um, in this exact same bucket. And uh, one who was, who's pretty close to me recently sort of, you know, pulled me aside and said, you know, you got to start being nicer to yourself because, you can kind of tell when, you know, you're constantly looking for things to improve. It is, while it is something that has uh, the capability of pushing you ahead in your achievements, in your productivity, it's also something that will cause you harm in the future. So um, it's a process and a practice to learn that, understand what kindness means to you. So, um, even though it's, it is a very large cliche, I think it's quite important that we all take a moment to understand uh, our capacity to do things and also take a moment to be kind to yourself. Almost like talk to yourself like you're uh, your best friend, like, hey man, you doing okay? And then you kind of have that little inner monologue. And then uh, on that same token, you know, be captain of your ship because there are a lot of things that are very easy to be negative about and be very uh, glass half empty kind of kind of deal. And, you know, a lot of it is true. A lot of it is out of your control and a lot of it is very difficult to, to deal with. But um, I think something that I've picked up, you know, in the, the isolation is that you really do have so much control over how you decide to A, spend your time and B, what you dedicate your your thoughts and your mind to so um one be kinder to yourself and two you know control what you can and be the massive of your shit because uh when we all come out of this at some point uh 
you'll have to do that either way. So might as well practice while you have the time. Uh, I just had one last thing to add on to that. Um, I really, I really like what you said, about, uh, Sonia, there um, about what you mentioned about being COVID happy and making sure you're prioritizing yourself. Um, if I were to have one last sentiment, um, it would be to, it would probably be to everybody just to make sure you're utilizing your resources as effectively as possible. Um, Miguel mentioned his club, the I Am Collective, um, the SU. There are tons and tons of resources available out there. Uh, for everybody, I mean, staff, faculty, um, you know, even if you're listening to this and you're not in university or post-secondary, um, this is a challenging time for everyone and everybody should be taking care of themselves as best as possible. Wow. Again, great words to, to live by, great insights there. Thank you so much. So thank you all so much for taking the time to chat with me. I hope uh, COVID goes well for you and the rest of the the term and next term goes well for you. It sounds like you're all set up really well to keep going. And so thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us on, Maya. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Maya. Appreciate it. Well, folks, that was my chat with Miguel, Sonia, Sarah, and Leon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to hear your perspectives on being a student during COVID-19. And thank you to you for listening. For more information on the project, visit the website at covidcoffeechats.ucalgaryblogs.ca. And if you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me at maya.anderson at ucalgary.ca. Take care and see you next time.